0: All right, we are joined by Foolish Bailey. You may know him as Foolish Baseball, the the king of Atlanta. You and Peter Moylan um, have kind of taken that city by storm. How, what's going on, Bailey?
1: Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, we talk about the Mount Rushmore of people in Atlanta. It's probably like, you know, Andre 3000, Usher, Peter Moylan, and myself. I think that's just how <laughs> I'd sum it up. If you... I was going to think
0: of the, if you four were at a bar in Buckhead, I mean, that place is nuts.
1: It is nuts. That is one of the most bizarre places on the planet. It, it is, it, the vibes there, I would say for the most part are awful, right. but then it can reach a point where it becomes so awful. It's interesting.
0: <laughs> that's, and that's kind of and Jake's theme too. Um, <laughs> Bailey, how you doing, dude? I uh, it, It's been a minute. You are Awaken Jake regular. Um, you went through the grind of an, another baseball season. Congratulations. Uh, and we're going to – I want to talk to you for a little bit, and we got some general baseball stuff, and then we'll do – Fangraphs did their free agent – uh, projected AAVs and stuff like that And we'll do some over-unders And maybe a couple guys we like Or,
1: or dislike
0: after Ooh. this um, Boo! <laughs> Boo! Don't sign! Um, <laughs> dude, how, how was the year for you? I mean, this was We we were just kind of recapping everything Because we get, we get lost in the sauce And, you know, going back a year now it, We weren't in this office yet but We were like half- of our employees did not work here. Mm. Um, baby James, Jimmy's baby just turned one. So like he didn't incredible. He, his baseball didn't exist. Uh, shout out. Uh, so I, I don't know, like a, a year later, uh, s- s- fear of the lockout to start the year to now. How was, uh, how was this baseball year for you?
1: Yeah, I guess maybe we should start with the lockout. Cause it was just, we played 162 games this year, played a pretty normal playoff format. Like, everything went really smoothly on that front, even though, you know, uh, around this time last year, we weren't sure about that at all. Um, yeah. It was, it was a good year to be foolish baseball. I don't know how else to put it. I am glad I'm foolish baseball and not someone else. And uh, even though uh, you know, we got another, you know, pretty good season under our belts as content creators, I really feel like 2023 could be an even bigger year for us. I think some of those rule changes coming to MLB are going to be, uh, reintroduce a lot of fans to the game i really think some of these things like pitch clock have a lot of potential
0: yeah you know it's funny i i I tweeted out last night that we were talking and man (laughs) you know the people love us um and yeah i did i saw a couple people comment on the rules and for me that's one of those things that it comes up so intermittently during the season that i feel like i talk about it a ton uh Mm -hmm. but yeah, I I don't know the the pitch clock. I, I'm interested to see how it actually looks. I I think my generic baseball person take is the, you know, it's gonna be it's going to be good. I just hope that we're not in an eighth inning of a tight game and we're really thinking about stuff, and then we've got the over anxious ump that's that that takes it too far. Uh, mm. But that with the no shifts, man, uh, that. I hope that's massive. I I hope that has the impact that we're hoping, and I hope we don't – I hope I don't turn on a May baseball game next year and the Rays have, like, their right fielder playing a deep second base and their center fielder is behind him and there's nobody in left field. Uh, And as I say that, I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, I I guess the the rule changes in general, what – where are you at? Because I, I also got a good laugh. John Smoltz on one of the playoff broadcasts, they asked him, they said, John, what do you think about the upcoming changes? He goes, I love all of them. And that's all he had to say. So uh, <laughs> if that is also your feedback, then perfect.
1: That's incredible because, I mean, John Smoltz, that guy just does not stop talking if you watch the broadcast. So if he, oh. if he had a three-word answer to a question, yeah. like that says a lot. Um, I love the pitch clock. I I really think it's going to be a total game changer. I've, I've almost nothing but positive things to say about it. Um, if you go to enough, you know, pitch clock baseball games, whether it's at spring training or minor leagues or college, you'll, I think you'll probably come to the same conclusion, but, uh, shift shift. I'm a little ambivalent, you know, okay. I, my, my fear is that, okay, so who are we, uh, who are we protecting with banning the shift? And that's kind of like the lefty pool hitter, right? Yeah. That's sort of the archetype. This is uh, a Joey Gallo who's trying to basically, you know, hit the ball over the infield, you know, for a home run. And I think maybe just by actually limiting slash banning the shift, however you want to put it, you may actually just be encouraging those types of players to double down and it might not actually have the intended effect of, uh, lowering the you know a 3 true outcome rate or like incentivizing a ball in play so i'm i'm not really sure about the shift band but i also don't think it's going to make as much of a difference as people think either way and then the big bases that's that to me is like the wild card like if if that just revitalizes the run game i think that would just be really incredible yeah, yeah
0: that would be that would be nuts i i for me it's hard to it's hard to wrap my head around because, what, it's two two extra inches on each each base, so you're getting... I mean, I, you know, you, me, and BBD all started smirking at each other. Yes. Um, if, if that's the difference in baseball, then, like, uh, I don't know. Like, roll my eyes emoji, I guess. Because if that's really the difference, yet there's so many bang-bang plays, and I don't know if you could get an extra two inches on your lead, and you only have to go two inches further to the bag... Um, I, I, th- I think with that, with the shifts having more athletic defensive players, like I, I still remember, and this isn't a shock because we met this guy, he's super nice. Uh, Malibu Mike Mustakis. when he got mm. signed as the Cincinnati Reds second baseman, I think everyone was just kind of like, hold up. Like, I, I think we'd, we may have taken it a step too far that hopefully we're getting more athletic defenders, which means more athletic base runners. Which means just more action in general. With that, the the pitch clock, the formula is there for baseball to kind of take take a next step. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I really do think so. I think this is gonna be just a net positive for like the fan experience in most cases.
0: Where uh, where are you at with your Braves? Uh, you are you are a Braves fan. They uh, they hunted down the Mets. Braves country. Uh, you outcast Peter Moylan were feeling pretty good. Uh, and then uh, those Phillies got hot. Is it, uh, I mean, are you, are we going full small sample? Are we going uh, some of the flaws on this team? Is it a uh, really hard to repeat in baseball? Where, where did you end up landing on this brave season?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think for the most part, it's, it's still inhaling the small sample copium. Um, and But I think really for me, what it comes down to is like, man, when you watch and, you know, it's been a while for Yankees fans out there. But like when you watch your team win the World Series, when that's what you wanted, like all your life, I do think it does kind of fundamentally alter the fan experience. And at least in like the next few years, you know, I I become a little you know, blasé about like uh, their overall result. And I think what was good about this year is the Mets emerged as true contenders and for, you know, to be maybe a top team in the national league. And I think that gave both myself as a fan and the Braves something to really gun for, you know, they had to show, you know, who's big bro, little bro here. And Braves ended up winning the division. That was, I thought that was great. I was uh, there for uh, what was the last game of the uh, series versus the Mets at the end of the year it was great um and then as far as just not winning the playoffs I mean that that's kind of the status quo for me as as a Braves fan they they get to the playoffs and then they lose uh really happy for the Phils. I thought they made a great run at it but am I heartbroken about what happened this season no because I think the World Series win last year kind of takes the sting out of it
0: they uh uh, the fact they still hunted down the Mets like that, and that uh, that, that Sunday night game was the game you were at. The uh, yes, what was that Bassett? That
1: um, was Bassett, I think Morton.
0: Yes, yes, uh, that was insane. And they, um, that organization, man, it it's unreal. Uh, and there's obviously a little bit of Yankee envy from the World Series, and just their youth. Uh, I I mean. Ronald Acuña Jr. turning into the old man on the block next to Michael Harris and Vaughn Grisham. like it's it's just nuts what they're doing and what's coming out of there. Do you do you have a Braves wish list for for this offseason yet?
1: Um you know, I I do think the outfield would probably be the area that needs uh, you know, the most addressing if you have uh you know, if you're assuming Paris in center and Acuna in right for the most part I just think you know there's another there's another bat they could get there in the outfield maybe a lefty um but I mean it's tough it's tough to wish list this team because I mean they look I mean that they look pretty complete you know
0: they're good man yeah they're like top to bottom and it it's funny because right now on fan graphs, you know they have they have all the free agents not on the roster so even you know a guy like Anthony Rizzo who's who's got a good chance to return to the Yankees if things go right or you know right now the Yan- right now the Yankees lineup does not have Aaron Judge it does not have Rizzo right. <laughs> it, it it looks like a uh a slightly skeleton roster uh the Braves with that same effect i mean basically Dansby's out which would be significant and i would be uh, what what do you think happens there cuz they locked everyone else up uh and it's a big free agent class do we think they're in love with Dansby. They're in lust with Dansby. Would they, I I mean, are they just going to play value? And if like another Correa one year situation happens, do, do you have any leans on, on the Brave shortstop situation?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think we kind of learned it last year, right? Like the Braves organization are not sentimental. And I think they're going to, it's going to be, if they re-sign Dansby Swanson, it's purely going to be a value proposition. It's not going to be about, oh, we're locking up, you know the hometown kid who you know honestly since since Freeman's departure has become uh one of the most prominent faces that people associate with the Braves um but I I don't and you know I think for Dansby there's probably a lot of like willingness to to want to resign with the Braves I think he's made it pretty clear that that's you know that he'd like to stay in Atlanta close to where he grew up but uh, as far as how it's gonna go down, like it would not surprise me at all if if you know the Braves just kind of lowballed him and then we got into another sort of Freddie Freeman situation. And then he went elsewhere where he felt more valued monetarily, at least. And you know, the you've said it yourself, but I mean the emergence of Von Grissom does at least give them somewhat of a backup plan at that position that they that they wouldn't have had or that you wouldn't have anticipated them having, you know, a year ago.
0: And I mean uh- a perk of being a Braves fan right now or an Astros fan or, I, you know, Dodgers. I was going to say Dodgers to an extent, which is so obnoxious, but you, you, you have to trust, like, the front office at this point. Like, you know, right. how how much do we talk about, you know, Correa and, and look where we ended up a year later. Like, Pena's the most lovable dude in the world. Like, him and Dusty Baker were this, like, anti-poison pill to the Astros organization that are just like, oh, these are the coolest guys ever. Um, And now they have another 25-year-old shortstop who won the Gold Glove, (laughs) won World Series and CS MVP. Uh, Yeah,
1: I would even, uh, you know, I mean, Springer left and then they went through like Miles Straw and Jose Siri and then they landed on Chaz McCormick just because that's. They just develop good baseball players. They don't have to be superstars, but they're good baseball players.
0: Right. You're you're talking about three starting <laughs> AL right. fielders to end the season that <laughs> two of them they were like, oh well, we can move on. Yeah, um,
1: I know. It's crazy.
0: They're uh, and and I think this will be a fun, a fun question for you, Bailey, because we we stumbled into this on the live stream and then we did it on talking baseball a little bit. Um, the Astros, they are a, a wagon. They they have been six straight uh ALCS uh just seems like everything they do organizationally is to another level uh who do you think can be the next AL true challenger and again like it's it's an obnoxious question because the Phillies came out of the NL this year and that the the 88 win White Sox could do that next year but uh who can actually kind of go toe-to-toe with Houston
1: yeah, I, you know, I don't know if it'll be immediately next year, but in terms of the uh, the team that is on uh, the incline right now, I would probably have to say the Seattle Mariners are, are a team I would heavily consider for that. I really just think when you look at their farm system, they have a lot of guys who can contribute, you know, in these coming years that haven't even really made a big league impact yet. So it's, it's just incredible to think, you know, they they did get swept by the Astros, but like all those games were close. Like yeah. you know, it was it was one of those. It reminded me a little bit of like the two. This is a weird pull. Two thousand five World Series, White Sox mm. uh, swept, but but all the games were extremely close. And so you could argue, well, that was actually a pretty close series. If you have a few things go, you know, different ways. So I I really like where the Mariners are at. I I think guys like, you know. It, you don't, you don't want to face prime George Kirby and Logan Gilbert in a short mm. series. You know that those guys are studs. You don't want to face Luis Castillo. Who's now, you know, locked in for them. Like the the Mariners are a team that I would fear in the playoffs for the coming years. For sure.
0: Joe Creedy, picking it on the hot quarter uh, <laughs> for, for those Bobby Jenks coming out of the bullpen. I did there. There were a bunch of tweets and I, Part of me loves it but it's it's levitard's thing uh, some people wanted us to do just read old baseball names and I thought that would be like a, I thought that would be a good like baseball ASMR almost um, if we were just like with whis- Tommaso Marte mm. and just whispering and I, I just clicked on that 2005 World series but we can't take that I, I think that's already been taken uh, I think that's the last two episodes we did with Bailey. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and, and we'll did, do it again. And we will, we will do it again. And we'll uh, we'll we'll have to sneak another draft another time on 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 something good, but uh, not for now. Uh, I guess uh, I, I guess kind of closing up on this last year, um, before we move on to kind of the FanGraphs uh, projected free agents and doing a little over under on that. Uh, I, I guess what else, what else from this season, whether it was a player or a. Uh, Something you saw around baseball. I, I guess when as you look back on the twenty twenty two season now, what's something that uh kind of left left its mark on you? And I I'm laughing now because someone broke the home run record this year. So maybe maybe we'll right. leave that out. Um uh-huh. but but I guess you observing baseball the way you observe baseball, what um looking back now, what what do you see?
1: I think I think we're seeing a little bit of a regression of some of the trends that we feared, you know, as the direction baseball was going. Um, This is the second year in a row we've seen an actual decrease in three true outcome baseball. You know, in the playoffs this year, it felt like starting pitcher as a role was important. This is not, every game did not feel like a bullpen game. And so, you know, if I had to give like a generic sort of umbrella takeaway, it's that maybe, uh, you know, if you thought baseball was trending a certain direction, whether you like it or not, it's actually not as far gone as we thought it was maybe a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah, I I think and I was glad that you you countered it a little bit, but I. The, the shift, and I, I got to give Jimmy credit more so than me, but it, his whole thing was, you know, in baseball, everyone's always like, you know, the, the game adjusts, and it, it comes back, and you counterpunch. The shift, it, it wasn't countering. it, it Guys mm-hmm. were trying to hit home runs, and, and the Rizzos or other kind of those lefty power hitters that when they rolled over through that right base hole that was a base hit for years, um, you know, uh, th- those guys' batting averages were down... Again, I'm throwing fake numbers out there, but 30 points, like Anthony Rizzo, shouldn't be a 227 guy at this point in his career. He's probably you know a 250 type guy, uh, and we'll see next year. But um, yeah, that that was the only thing. And hey, maybe not having guys positioned up the middle will change it with that V. Maybe it won't affect mm-hmm. it at all. But that was the only counter because because you're right. I I think everyone everyone realized that the Rays model a little bit only works for them uh because they have so many pitchers like like uh, on a normal year they're going through 15 20 guys that yeah. they view outs and let's get those outs that these other organizations were i think burning out their pitching and and when you get when you get those innings and you can limit them in your rotation that makes your bullpen stronger and and hopefully people see Houston as they set the bar you know, they they arguably had, what, seven starting pitchers? <laughs> um, yeah. If they really needed it. And they almost had the... It's funny, I was going to say traditional, but it's traditional in the past 15 years. Like, they had their three relievers. Like, here's Abreu, Montero, Presley. If we get to the end of the game with these guys, that's our formula. And, oh, yeah, uh, Ryan Stanek also had one of the best years we've seen a reliever have. And if we need him, we'll use him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and hopefully... Hopefully, teams can kind of mimic that because they—they also, I say that like it's easy, uh, yeah. But they—they they clearly know what they're doing more uh, or better than every other organization. Man, it's insane! It's insane. Um, all right, Bailey, let's do a little uh FanGraphs free agency as as we get here. Um, how much? I uh, full disclosure, uh, mm-hmm. this is kind of. My first day fully diving into it. You know, for the year, you talk about who's going to be a free agent and, and the Dansbys and the Trey Turners and, and all of that. Um, but with it starting Thursday, which is crazy, uh, a little lockout effect feels like Houston literally just had their parade. Um, as we get into it, um, I don't know. Like Normally, I feel like I have my takes written up, and it's like, oh, that guy's going to be a great fit there. I'm kind of lost, man. Because uh, yeah. we—it's the second year we have a crazy shortstop free agent pool, which hadn't happened until last year. Basically, um, I, I remember digging through old years, and it was like Jose Reyes. You had to go back to then when it was the last time that like a prime shortstop hit free agency. Um, I don't know. Do, do you have anything early before we start digging into some of the big guys of, or maybe a weird Bailey one that you're like? Quintana is going to end up here.
1: Yeah, if it feels like uh, there's, it feels top heavy to me. Like there, there is like some pretty clear like cutoff once you get past those maybe first six or eight guys. But also, I mean, it's all players that are like incredible, but like you're a little worried about them. (laughs) Like there's no because you just don't like. I mean, Aaron Judge just had probably the best season anyone has had in about 20 years, but you know, he has his own history. The Grom's a free agent. He's probably the most talented pitcher of a generation, but he's a little scary too. And so, you know, some, even some of these players like Correa, so uh, top heavy, scary, but boy, I mean, just incredibly talented. There's, uh, there are franchise changing players out here for sure.
0: And let's, uh, Let's start with Jacob deGrom, because you're right, Bailey. You you phrased that beautifully. I'm glad I kicked it to you, because in a way, this is unreal. Uh, Jacob yes. deGrom has an argument to be, like, the most talented starting pitcher ever. Um, yeah. He, he's also turning 35 next year. He had kind of a weird thing at the end of that 21 season. He kind of, like, mentioned he was hurt, and then we didn't see him for basically a calendar year. Uh he hits free agency uh, the year after Max Scherzer sets uh, sets a new bar as his teammate Uncle Steve proves with Edwin Diaz that he's he's not he's not joking around. Um, it looks like, and, and correct me if I'm seeing this wrong, that Fangraphs we should go off the median crowdsource. That's um, what I would do. The median crowdsource is three years, forty million a year, which is hundred twenty million dollars for three years as Jacob Degrom. From thirty-five to thirty-seven, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Does do you, would what are you feeling? Do you feel over under? Do you do you think are we finally going to see like the Texas Rangers have been the 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 sleeper for Kershaw the past couple years and things like that? Are we going to see an oddball or does Uncle Steve roll it out and and where do you think it lands?
1: I mean, I I do think it's interesting because. Uh, you know, you say to yourself like Scherzer sort of set the bar for like what that uh, high AAV uh, deal can do. You know, when you're talking about you know, like a three year deal, I think Scherzer was at 3130, if I recall correctly, somewhere in that range. I would probably project to Grom to beat that. I would put him 3140, which would be insane to think about, but probably like, I guess that's 46 and, you know, 600,000. <laughs> Or 600, you know what I mean? Like that AAV, 46 million AAV, basically. Um, But yeah, as far as like where he's going to go, I mean, it's interesting because when when you're talking about that much money tied up in one player for every year, it really does sort of limit your possibilities. Like there's only... So many clubs would be even willing to hand out a deal like that. So if it's if it's not the Mets, you know, it's the list is pretty short. So, you know, if I had to name a favorite for him, I would still probably go for the Mets versus the field.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a good way to look at it. And and you're right. And I'm interested to see where we land on these median crowd sources. I I feel like median. Uh, I I don't know for the top players. It still feels low. I, I remember looking at fangraphs yeah. last year because you you have to put yourself in the in the seat of a front office because it's it's what you just said. Okay, do I get permission from my owner to even go for this? And that probably brings you to five teams. <laughs> and then from there, if you're a GM and you have that permission and you've waited your whole life to become a general manager, and a guy that is Arguably, the best starting pitcher is available, and whether you're playing out of the park baseball or whatever you're doing, you can add that guy. You mm-hmm. you can make whoever whoever's on your rotation, you can make them the two, um, and that's the difference between forty million a year or forty two five million a year. Uh, yeah, that that one hundred twenty for three feels low. And hell, if if you're Jacob Degrom. You probably in your head think you're Verlander. I have no idea where he's at with baseball if he wants to be in the grind till he's 45. But I don't know. If you're willing to give someone three years for 40, are you willing to give four years? Uh, I think so. Mm. Uh, and and willing to get hurt there. So, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like if three years, 40 is the bar, I think the AAV is either over that or I think it would be like four years for 40. And, and sure. a, a team like Texas would say, hey, if... Uh, I don't think Texas is going to do it. I I I don't think Uncle Steve is ready to get beat yet. Mm-hmm. Um especially for this guy. Uh but yeah, I, I think both of those both of those feel low. Um speaking of, uh you mentioned the big fella, BBD's Aaron Judge. Uh the best How about this, Bailey? You're you're in the numbers. Is this is best off season or best season ever? Like how, how do you how do you truly encompass it between the, what relievers doing nowadays and comparing it to Ted Williams and Babe Ruth? Like uh, steroids era, uh, do you have to do you have to take a stance on it, or can you just clap and say like, "Good job, big big fella"?
1: There, there is an era that I think we're talking about where we can say Judge had the best season, but the era is what I would call the post Barry Bonds era.
0: Yeah,
1: um, because no one's touching 2001, 2004. But once you get past that, and so you know we're going to 2023 now. So like I said, almost 20 years. This is the best individual season a player has had since Barry Bonds.
0: And now we're gonna we're gonna deep dive into Ted Williams and Ruth. No, uh, that'll mm-hmm. that'll be another day. Uh, Aaron judge, he turned down, uh, 217 for seven, 217 for
1: eight. And then, cause it was like plus the one year. Right. Cause they were adding it on.
0: He is going to twist the knife as hard as he can. Um, they have the median crowdsource here is eight for 37, five, which comes out to 300 mil. Um, for me and, and maybe, um, I was gonna say I'm too close to the situation. I've said hi to his wife twice. I'm a Yankees fan.
1: Wow, bias. Um,
0: so yeah, I I can't. This is like college game day when the, yeah. someone's calling the game. I can't. I wish I could say, but I'm too close <laughs> to it. Um, 300 million in my head has been the minimum for a while. Uh, basically, since he turned it down, and even before he had this season, I think when you turn down 217, maybe if he had a a solid year. Maybe you're looking at a 250 just so you can, you know, I beat it and I beat it significantly. He had the best season ever, right. arguably. Um, so that 300 million number feels low to me. And and maybe maybe what gets attacked there is years, but Aaron Judge is going to be turning 31. Um, and uh, again, where I probably am too close to this, and this sounds like, you know, WFAN radio time, but... If they don't sign Aaron Judge, they're not the Yankees anymore. He's the best no, player. True. He's a free yeah. agent. So with that, I'll give it to you.
1: Well, it's interesting because I'm not sure. We we talk about you know how the Astros have handled these situations. I don't think the Yankees have that. You know, I don't yeah. think they have the factory of just we're just going to keep producing like surplus young baseball talent. They have a good farm system. Don't get me wrong, but it's just not like automatic for them like it is for uh, a Houston or even like a Cleveland. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, When it comes to the Aaron Judge-free agency and just, you know, is he going to Yankees or is he going anywhere else? I do sort of feel like the team to like watch out for kind of lurking in the shadows is the San Francisco Giants. I just think he as the type of guy who could just really push them straight back into uh, NL West relevancy after they slipped this year and the Padres took a step forward. So, um, you know, I think, I think if we're, if it's not, you know, the New York teams, then I think out West in San Francisco is an interesting option.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, it's scary. It's, it's every Yankee fan has run through it a hundred times now, but, uh, I, I think the Mets are going to be real rumors, uh, whether, where that gets to, because I just know if I was, if I was a billionaire like Steve Cohen yeah. and I got the Mets in in New York, and we've traditionally been a little brother of sorts, um, the way to erase all of that, like I mean, that's literally like Thano snap, man. If yeah. you sign Aaron Judge and the Yankees have been doing what they have been in recent years, it's it's a new world. It's, it's a world I haven't lived in. The Giants are interesting because, I mean, look look at the Padres and and like. The Padres, San Diego's now become a baseball city. They had the owner and the front office that was ready to go for it, and they did, and they got Machado, and they extended Tatis, and they made all those trades for pitchers and everything. San Francisco has become like this money capital of the world, uh, mm-hmm. and they have a history of superstars. You mentioned that Bonds guy that judged, like, kind of from the area. They're going to roll out a real number. Uh, they will. They are an organization that has proven they know what they're doing. Um, uh, Jerry Blevins, who I saw you interacting with our friend Jolly Olive yesterday, and you were like, is Jerry as, as, sweet, of a, as sweet of a treat as he looks? He is. Um, and I, I believe, um, I'm, I'm going to butcher his name. What's the, the GM for the Giants? Farid? For, for no, Farhan. Farhan, Saeed. I combined his name. Yeah. Um I guess Jerry played minor league ball with him, and he's like that's one of the so, few dudes you come across who's like you're like he is like he's wired differently, he is smarter than me um and if judge is their like chess analogy, he's their queen he like that that's such a weird comparison. Uh, but if he is their ultimate move, and then they can do everything else, gianty around it, and they can yeah. get seasons where they tap into Lamont Wade, and they can get seasons where they tap into whatever else, um, that's scary. That's scary. Um, and dude, the Yankees are a mess if that happens.
1: Yeah, and that's and that that reality only I think just like jacks up the bid, you know? Because I right? mean. It's it's so it's so funny to say, but it's like can we afford to not pay this guy forty million a year? Like that's kind of the position the Yankees are in. It's uh I mean and, as what do you And getting?
0: just and every time the last several off seasons and you go back to
1: Harper Machado, the shortstops last year shortstops last year they also cited the prospects coming up, but every year they've cited like oh and we're gonna have to pay Aaron Judge at some point, and now it's time mm. for that. So if you don't, then you just lied for nothing. Mm. Everyone extra mad they gave themselves no excuses
0: lied for nothing bbd sending daggers um let's start let's jump over to the shortstops because like i mentioned there's uh there's a really good shortstop class again and we'll start off with your guy chad pinder no um (laughs) he he could have a nice role with the team someone take a
1: cast superstar he hits the ball hard
0: take a chance on chad uh he'll go to the dodgers and he'll he'll be an all-star this year um Correa, Bogarts, Turner, and Swanson. Hey, how about this? I'll I'll put you on the spot real bad. If you had to, if if you were GM, Bailey Freeman, and Mm. you had your team and your owner just gave you a thumbs up, you get to bring in one of those shortstops. Which one are you bringing in?
1: Ooh, I think so. Um,. You know, if it depends the situation, we're in, I think Correa is the best one. I think he represents the most value over the next however long this contract would be eight years, 10 years. Um, the ceiling with him on a season to season basis is insane because, you know, he's this is his second time reaching free agency technically. And yet you also you have this optimism with Correa that maybe you don't have with the other short slides you just named where it's like, well, I think maybe his best seasons are yet to come. Um, so I definitely pick Correa. If I couldn't, you know, just if, you know, money was indeed an object, uh, I think, I think Bogart's is a great long term pickup for anyone because you put him over there at shortstop. He's just Mr. Consistent. He has the same season every year and it's always great. And then probably after a few years of that, you can move him around the infield a little bit and he hits well enough that there's no like, there's no, like, tweener issue where it's like, well, he, you know, this guy's like a 110 OPS plus shortstop, which is great. But then if you move into second or third, it's kind of just good. It's like, no, this guy, he just rakes. So, uh, love me some Xander Bogarts. Love me some Carlos Correa. Yeah,
0: the the Bogarts part of this is really interesting. A, uh, as close as I am to the Yankees situation, again, said hi to Judge's wife twice. Um, the, the Red Sox, I don't know what they're doing. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, we'll see if that Devers extension gets done. Um, Bogarts, it—he feels like he's been there for a decade because he has. Um, mm-hmm. And and I don't know. I I mean, as a shortstop, it it just gives me and you know shifts are going away. Um, I think some team, I think a very smart team is going to sign him, um, and I think they're going to say m- maybe a year or two at shortstop. But I, it feels. Simeon esque to me that some team's going to say because if if you're going for 30 year old xander bogarts and you're going to throw this has six years 168 i mean 28 million a year that's a Mm -hmm. that's a big boy contract you're a team that's going for it and uh, i think if you're doing that over the next five years six years whatever it is for at least more than half of that, I don't think Bogarts can be a shortstop. Um, and I, I don't think that shot's fired at him. I, I just think it's, it's very hard to play that position. And I think if he, if he goes to third base now, you could be talking about a, a high level third baseman or can he play second? I mean, probably, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a guy that I just have no idea. Um, because Boston should bring him back. He's been so, so good for them. Um, and if they lose him, I don't know where they turn. And maybe it's one of these other shortstops. Maybe it's Dansby. Maybe it's Trey. Um, where do you think Trey Turner ends up? The, the or, Excuse me. Fangraphs currently has his medium at 7 for 210. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because speed goes. Uh, yeah. it, it just does. There's nothing you can do. Uh, I got invited to a pickup soccer game last night. I declined uh, partially just because I was embarrassed of how I would feel afterwards. Uh, mm. A lot of trades. What makes Trey imp- over the top impressive and elite number one fantasy draft pick is the speed. At some point that's going to start trailing Um do you think that affects his free agency in a big way, or has the hype video talked you into it?
1: Man, John Hamm, he <laughs> this guy he, he had the the world in the palm of his hands. He was Don Draper, and now he is Santa for the World Cup and he is doing <laughs> hype videos for Trey Turner. Yeah. Um uh yeah, I mean the he he is maybe of the guys we've named the most like low key interesting because he has been just so good over the last three, four years. He's really ascended to this point where people are like, yeah, Trey Turner is one of the 10 best position players in baseball or something like that. Or, you know, at least in that discussion. Um, And you talk about the speed, you talk about, you know, how he's going to age. I think actually, you know, He's a weird one because I feel like his speed allows him to overperform a lot of his like hitting peripheral type stats. So, you know, he's um his strikeout rates and his walk rates, you know, he's not a big strikeout guy, but he's not a big walk guy. He his exit velocities, you know, fluctuate throughout his career. And so, you know, when you're projecting him long term, it's just like, I'm not really sure what I can picture. A 35-year-old Trey Turner looking like, even though if you sign him to a seven-year deal, that is going to be year five of that deal. Right. Um, I I could I could definitely see him uh landing with maybe a surprise, like you know, hop on with like the Orioles or something mm. like that. Um feels like feels like they'll make a move eventually, right? They've been they've been saving all this money. Um you know, Gunnar Henderson, great player, but you can you can move him around. You can move Trey Turner around. You have options there. So um I I would like I think here's my prediction. I think Turner's gonna go to the American League either way.
0: Okay. Uh man, it's uh <sighs> it's it's nuts he hit his eight oh nine o p s this year lower than his career average coming off some of his bigger years i mean it's still you know hitting was down a little bit this year, so it's a one twenty one o p s plus um that yeah man i i don't i like i like you saying it feels a little funky um mm-hmm. whether whether that's you know somewhere in the a l or Kind of like maybe the twins with Correa, like an opportunity fell in their lap and they were like, yeah. we, we have to do this. The Orioles would be some sicko stuff because that Mariners question I asked you before, uh, which I think Mariners is the right answer, who can compete with the, the Astros? Someone threw out the Orioles and it's not nuts. If we're talking two, no. If, if no one can touch the Astros next year, which, you know, again, Baseball playoffs, something will happen, and it's almost near impossible to do that, although they've been to the CS six straight years. If the Orioles start pushing chips in with some of their young guys, uh, and I don't know if it's Trey Turner. I would feel awful for him looking at that left field. Like, uh, you know, we we talked about 33-year-old Trey Turner trying to pull balls to left field. That's that's a nightmare. Um, (laughs) For what he does... And what the stat page says he does. And we talked about Bogarts. Is he going to move to third or or second? Is he willing to do that? Like, he's been a star shortstop. Trey Turner, it feels like he has the willingness that if it's second base, if it's left field, he's going to find a way. And whatever player he turns into, you're still going to get value from. Like, yeah. j- just because when the speed does start to go, which, hey, you know, uh, as far as I know, Trey's a pretty in-shaped cat. You know he he could still have a three four years of twenty plus steals in him and and then it becomes the argument do you even want to do that because he's on that contract do you do you just save those swipes for when it matters um, he's going to be a good ball player for you uh, there is a little bit of Trey Turner could end up somewhere weird and, and yes I, and definitely. I kind of I kind of like that we stumbled into that um, let's let's pop back to the pitchers a little bit. Um, because we, uh, we did the big guy, um, I I guess open board. You you know my style by now, Bailey. It's probably too loose and it gets me into trouble at some point. But uh, I see Rodon, I see Ivaldi. What are we doing, Boston? Yeah. Um, jeez, that team is gonna they, look different.
1: They're in a weird spot too, because I mean the the rumor coming out is that uh they're gonna sell the team, um and and it's also like I, I want to tack on with the Bogarts discussion just a little bit he, Trevor's story something's wrong and I think you know it's like he does not his I think his elbow is basically kind of fubar, and so it's not like I don't think he emerges as an option to move over to shortstop to play uh you know replace Bogarts either so the Red Sox it's a tough spot for sure
0: they're they're gonna do something I I mean I'm Dansby, uh, may- maybe it's the hair-beard combo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, y- you are, you're you already paying Bogarts, so it, if that's going out, you need something going in. But I, I just... The big free agents, and they're going to make moves, but when you see Evaldi out and Bogarts out, like, it's not like you're going to re-sign those guys and add more. Like, I, I think you're going to try to sign some guys to replace them, and I... I don't know. Uh, with where the rest of that division is at, I I kind of had a midseason. Um, and, and Jim and Jim and Trev kind of shook me off a little bit as they normally do because you know Boston has had a lot of you know recent success in 2018, still you know winning a World Series like you talked about with the Braves. That's that that carries over for a little bit. But man, uh, if there's another down year in Boston, which think about. What we just said about the Orioles, the the Yankees, if they retool the right way, the Rays are going to raise. The Jays were supposed to be next, um, and they still can be, and maybe they got their their taste of humble pie, and they'll be ne- back next year. But Boston, man, they uh, it it scares me. It, it scares me. Um, like I'm not a Yankees fan, and there's a deep part of my core that is like I I kind of hope you guys stink. Um, yeah. Any any of these starting pitchers jump out because after Degrom and Verlander, which you know old old man legend crew, uh, help Clayton Kershaw. I should throw you in that mix, huh? How about Kershaw mm-hmm. and Degrom? Just go to Texas. Why not? Just um, do it. Rodon is kind of the youngest best guy out there. They have him for five for one thirty five, and he's he's an absolute wild card, right? Because teams were horrified of his shoulder all he's done is drop it um lefty not that that really matters but it kind of does man look around baseball like good lefties are so few and far between um is this the year Rodon finally gets his cash in bag and is it is it 5 is it 27 million a year what what's it feel like to you
1: yeah i you know well i do think he is going to get the bag this year i think um I think he earned it. He's had basically two seasons back to back where he's mostly healthy and as good as he was this year in 2022 and from like a pure like run prevention standpoint like his peripherals over these last two seasons just scream elite like yeah. frontline like this is your guy, you know, game one starter in a postseason series. Like he he has been insane. Um I have I have a weird pick for him as far as where he's going to land, Love it. um, and it's and I would say it's only weird in the sense that it it he does not fit in with this rotation whatsoever, and that would be the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay, um, I I think the Cardinals, if you just look at you know what happened to them, you know, versus the Phillies, they got into a short season series versus a team with a bunch of maniacs on them. And they said, Hey, hold on a second. Uh, we have like, you know, a bunch of like finesse, like Jordan Montgomery types. And we have to face Aaron Nolan, Zach Wheeler back to back. And it's like, even though we have. Two of the three MVP finalists in the national league, this doesn't look good for us. And I think that's kind of what, and I think they just need, I think they just need that guy, you know, Jack Flaherty. I, I, I love the guy. It's his career is taking a turn where I just feel like you can't really count on him for that at all. So I, I think they go out and they, they try to make a deal for Carlos Rodon. And I think it would be pretty similar to that, uh, that median projection.
0: And man, him, the Cardinals, they had money coming off the books, man. Uh, but between, yeah. uh, like Yachty and, and Wayne, although wayno said he's coming back, right? Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I kind of like that. That's kind of what they're missing. They believe in all of their young position players. Slash, they have Goldie and Arenado, so you can you uh, you can you can attack the pitching-wise. Um, I could see, if, if there's any, a lot of these medians feel just low to me. Like, I think the elite guys go for elite money, especially from what we saw from the Phillies this year. Like, pay high-end talent, get to the playoffs, and then let those guys work. Uh, the Dombrowski strategy, my guy, um if there was anyone that I could see g m s end up just being nervous about five years um mm-hmm. I, I think Rodon would be that guy uh just just from all the shoulder stuff we've heard we've heard previously um foolish i, I think we're we're kind of coming up against it is there anyone i i guess you know I saw a lot of people in the comments that are like, who are your dark horse free agents like who who are someone you're buying in? and i I love this time of year because I saw someone say Sean Manaya to the Orioles and with oh, that boy. with that deep left field I kind of just started drinking the kool-aid I was like yeah Manaya just flips a couple curves out there someone snag it in the left move Mullins over there I don't care um are there any deeper cut free agents that you're like this is the guy like who are who are we going to be looking at as the value snags um this time next year when we link up
1: I like Benintendi. Um, I think he represents, you know, there are guys out there that you can sign to a one or two year deal and they'll give you a great one or two years and then they'll go and get paid what they're actually worth. And, you know, you'll just have them for a year or two where they're undervalued. Benintendi to me represents the opportunity to sign a guy for four or five years at a relatively low AAV and get like a really productive player. Um, so I I really like Benintendi. I think he showed a lot with his uh, plate discipline last year. That tells me that he can be just like a good you know top of the order leadoff type guy uh, if he gets the right fit.
0: Yeah, that's uh that's equal parts exciting and scary because he um the corner outfielders this year are are thin. Um, yeah, and and my yankees need a corner outfield he's technically coming from there uh, uh although you know he obviously got hurt down the stretch but yeah i man i, I don't think he's got a lot of competitors i mean a, a mitch haniger where is michael conforto at uh what andrew benten did this year and you know you're going to get defense and it he should be able to just slap it around a little bit and yeah. after watching what houston did and and as baseball continues to evolve just a little bit. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of competition. And if the Yankees need a corner outfielder, there's other teams that need corner outfielders that, yeah, I think whether it's years or that AAV, I, I think he's going to get driven up a little bit. Cause he, you know, at Nimo. we'll see what happens there. He's going to get a bag of some sorts. Will, will teams talk themselves into him as a corner outfielder? Although, I feel like he made a lot of growth as a center fielder, but yeah, man, a- after that, um, yeah, good for Benny. How about that? Yeah, it, I know
1: what good turnaround.
0: After, you know, you got Peter Gammons tweeting some weird stuff about your body <laughs> and then a couple, <laughs> a, a couple years later, uh, you're getting that bag. Um, Bailey it was awesome catching up with you, man. Um, a- anything you need to tell the people, I, what what's your favorite video you made this year? Let's uh let's get emotional Ooh. quick.
1: Yeah, I loved I loved the uh you know the video I made about umpires. I think, you know, I I think I gave people a lot to think about. And uh, yeah, shouts to Pat Hoberg Griffith game of the world series.
0: Yeah, I know a uh, Jim I, I don't know if he he posted it yet, but he's uh his brain has been spinning on umpires recently because I, I think he was not to give too much away. He was looking up the umpire that had to make the least amount of decisions this year. Ooh. And I, I think there was a game where there was only, like, there was, I think, after swings and misses and, like, non-competitive pitches or pitches balls right in down play. the middle, balls in play, I think there was, like, 25 pitches that were, like, shadow zoning. Uh, and Jimmy's like, that, you don't have to do anything. 25 pitches? <laughs> and it's like, well. Um, you, have right, you have to make the right call 25 times? That's it? They do it at, like, a 40%? Um, well, I'm uh, I'm happy that you're through another year, uh Bailey and I, I you know obviously love that we uh in in this new age of baseball that John Boy Media and and you we we uh we're we're connected through it all in in some sick way so um keep cranking man I'm excited I think we're gonna see you at winter meetings uh, a little a spo- yes. little teaser for that uh go watch Bailey stuff uh, foolish baseball or foolish Bailey um his secondary channel as he likes to list it. Um, and one day we will make another OOPA video out of the park baseball, and we won't release it to the world.
1: Right? Yeah, we will. We will keep it to ourselves
0: <laughs> for personal use.
1: And I kinda, personal use only. I
0: kind of lost in that video. Um. All right. Uh. Thank you, Bailey. We will. Uh. We'll talk to you soon.
1: All right. Thank you.